Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Yes, yes, yes. You have found another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for picking this podcast. I say it every time. There are so many different podcasts and you could choose. And yet, here you are. And you're going to invest a couple of minutes to talk about business. And I like that because I started this podcast seven years ago. The original name was Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do because I have a real fascination with things that make business tick. And so every week I interview really cool people who are doing cool things, who are making waves in business and shaking things up. And sometimes, sometimes it's just me sitting here all by myself in my little podcaster studio, just chatting away. I don't know how many of you know, but in addition to this podcast that I've been doing for a long time, I also am the paid podcast host. I'm the the talent, if you will, for uh, a couple of associations and a company, and I'm in the process of talking to a law firm about being the host of their podcast. Uh, I never knew that one could be a professional podcaster, and yet it sort of started two years ago with the Digital Enterprise Society. We partnered to start their podcast, and now I also host a show called The Sales Tech Podcast, which is all about everything around technology for people who work in sales. I host that for a company called Sales Success Media, and there's actually going to be a big conference next April. If you work in and around sales uh, and revenue ops, you're going to want to check out the conference that's happening in Austin, Texas, and you can find more information at the Sales Tech Podcast uh, website. And then finally, I am the host of Speakernomics. If you're a friend of mine or if you've ever crossed paths with me, you know that I make most of my living as a professional speaker uh, and master of ceremonies and have been doing that for well over a decade now. And I have been a super active member of the National Speakers Association. I tell everybody, no matter what industry you're in, you should be active in your trade association. So many times people push back, they go, oh, it's expensive. or I don't have the time. Or why would I want to hang out with my competitors? Well, why wouldn't you? You learn so much when you make friends with other people in your industry. And in many cases, you have people who aren't really direct competitors anyway, especially if you work in an industry that's geography or otherwise segregated. You have your world, they have theirs, and you can just be stronger together. And so it was really cool for me when the National Speakers Association asked me if I would help them launch this new show. They had had a podcast before that had actually begun as a cassette tape that was mailed with their magazine going back like 30 years. And uh, then it became a CD. And then later, uh, a couple years ago, it moved to the podcast platforms. However, uh, the previous host of that show decided that it needed to be more like a regular podcast. And so she made a lot of changes. And then we decided to close that down and we launched Speakernomics. And it has been a lot of fun. Anyway, today is going to be one of those shows where I'm just going to chat and I'm going to talk about four real points. I'm going to talk about participation. I'm going to talk about collaboration. I'm going to talk about transformation and a little bit about how do you create uncommon connections. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International, one of the leading global executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. 
Now, again, if you listen to this show regularly, you know that last year I joined the team at Stanton Chase, and I have been spending a year learning about the world of executive search. And I'll tell you what, I figure I have about a two to three year learning curve. I'm a year in. Uh, I've now worked on a couple of searches. I've learned so much, but I will tell you, Stanton Chase is the best company I've ever worked for. If you have a company that is really looking to grow and you're looking to fill some senior leadership teams and you know that retained search is the way you have to go and you're not talking to the team at Stanton Chase, oh, you're really missing out. I work with some of the most experienced people who are so dedicated to working with their clients and being able to shadow these people as they've worked on searches and have them teach me the ropes and, and really be there, it has been a phenomenal situation for me. So I can't say enough about Stanton Chase. Reach out to me and uh, I will put you in touch with somebody who is an expert in your industry and uh, maybe we can work together as well. So again, if your company is looking to grow, you've got to you know, place some of those VP level or C-level people, talk to Stanton Chase International. All right, so today I wanted to talk about participation, collaboration, transformation, and uncommon connections. And it all comes back to people. All opportunities in life come from people. And we know that people, and this is a little bit of a cliche, people do business with those that they know, they like, and they trust. I've spent the last 15 years writing books and blog posts and doing many podcast interviews and uh, on this topic of human connection. How is it that we're able to get out and some people build relationships and have opportunities flowing in and other people are always struggling, feeling like the world is against them. Well, I'm going to start out talking about participation. I am a big believer that if you work in an industry, you should join your industry trade association. I don't care what it is. I was talking when I was talking about the podcast about my involvement in the National Speakers Association. But I'll tell you what, if I was a plumber, I would be an active member of the National Plumbers Association because I think that participating and being around other people who are working in the industry that you're working on, they can't help it, even if they're your competitors and they don't want you to know, which isn't the way it works at trade associations. The people who participate, they're the open giving people. I'll tell you what, they can't help it though. Success leaves clues. I never would have been able to succeed in the business of professional speaking that has led to me being a professional podcaster. I never would have been able to succeed in these industries if it hadn't been for my involvement in that organization. And a lot of people will tell me who are in the speaking world, oh, I went to an NSA conference once. I got nothing out of it. Oh my God, if, if you do something once and you quit every single time, you wouldn't be sitting here doing anything. I listened to a podcast once and I didn't get anything out of it. You wouldn't be listening to more. So it's a silly excuse to say, oh, I don't want to participate. So I think you got to get in there. So let's just take any industry that you work in. Think about your industry. Have you been to your industry conference and have you participated for a couple of years? Have you volunteered at a local and a national level? If you're not participating, you might be seeding all of those contacts and therefore all of the opportunities that come with those contacts, you might be seeding those to your competitor. So if you're driving, I, I don't want you to close your eyes, but if you're sitting alone and not driving, I want you to close your eyes for a second and I want you to ask yourself, do I love it when my competitors get the opportunity and I sit alone waiting for the phone to ring? Is that what I'm about? I've never met a person who tells me, oh yeah, man, I want my competitors to get all the business. Well, why aren't you looking for ways to participate? 
Now, sometimes it's not even about participating in your own association. What about the association that your clients belong to? I participate in a lot of different groups over the years that were in industries that I sold into. And I always found it interesting how few of my competitors were there. Now, when I worked as the marketing director for a law firm, it was interesting how many lawyers didn't want to go to events because, well, there's a lot of lawyers there. Well, there really weren't. Taking a look at like something like the Association for Corporate Growth, yeah, there were two or three law firms that were involved, but every single corporate law firm wasn't involved. And they were like, oh, but there's already three people there. So they would rather sit in their office and not participate. Meanwhile, when the events were happening, some of their competitors were meeting people, including their customers. I want you to close your eyes again, and I want you to think about this. In fact, write this one down and go tell everyone you work with this one, and that is that your clients, the clients you have right now, they are your competitors' prospects. That's right. Your competitor is trying to steal your clients. I don't care what industry you're in. Your competitors want your clients, and you probably want their clients. So why aren't you participating where these people are? Number one, shore up the relationships with the people you already serve. And number two, start building relationships with new people. So participation is really, really important if you want to have business success, whether you're at the C-level or you're just starting out at some sort of entry level. I mentor a lot of younger people who are trying to grow their careers, and I tell them all the time that you've got to get involved. And it's fascinating. Most of them who I've counseled, and I've counseled, I don't know, a dozen people over the years, most of them never get involved in their industry. I talk to a lot of people who want to become professional speakers, like, oh, you got to get to NSA, and they're like, oh, it was expensive, it didn't work out, uh, I don't want to go to that, or, or my favorite one is, mm, I looked at the schedule, there was nothing there for me to learn. There's always something there for you to learn, and when you're participating, it's not just about what's on the agenda, it's about who are you sitting next to at lunch, or who are you hanging out with in the hallways. Let's face it, I've interviewed a lot of people who go to conferences and I say, what's the best part? And they always say, the people who are successful and turn things into business, they don't say, oh, it's because I stood at a booth that we paid for, you know, for six hours a day. That was totally worth my time. Nobody ever says that. They say it was the impromptu hallway conversations where I happened just to look at somebody and said, hey, what did you think of that keynote speaker today? Or what did you think of the chicken at lunch? And we start talking and all of a sudden we have things in common. You know, when you have extraordinary things that you have in common with people that you can relate to, especially if those things are a little bit more rare and not everybody has that thing in common, that's where relationships get born. But the only way you're going to discover what you have in common, the only chance you have to be able to have that connection is if you're participating. So I want you to ask yourself today, where can I participate? And I don't mean just go once. Pick an organization, whether it's your local chamber of commerce, some sort of a trade association, or something else where people in your industry who could buy from you or who could help you, where are they and why aren't you participating? Go ahead and send me an email. If you've got great reasons why you're not participating, go ahead. I'll argue with you if you want. That's kind of fun. Every now and then a listener will go, I listen to what you said and I disagree. Awesome. Because if you disagree with me, I learn because here's the thing. I could be wrong, but so could you. So get out there and start finding ways to participate just a little bit more. You don't have to put in 10 hours a week. Put in an hour a week in participating online and in person within the organizations that exist. Trade associations are awesome. They're not dying. And the people who tend to get ahead always find a way to be involved. So that's participation. 
Second thing I wanted to talk about today was collaboration. And that is once you've participated and you met people, who are you trying to partner with? I was on a call the other day on Clubhouse and I was talking with somebody from an association and they said, what's a good topic we don't cover enough uh, at our conferences and for the webinars that we do? And I said, collaboration, because I interview a lot of people. I do about six interviews a week between all the podcasts that I host. And sometimes if I'm emceeing a conference, I'll do live in-stage interviews with the VIPs and the executives for the company or the association that I'm working for. And when I talk to people and I peel back that onion, I get people to sort of tell me, how did they get success? How did they create that new product? How were they able to grow their company 50% or 100% over the course of the year? So often it has to do with collaboration. They partnered with someone else in their industry or in another industry, and they brought their strengths together and they merged them. And all of a sudden a new product was born and something awesome happened. I was talking to a speaker the other day and what he does is he has a coaching practice. But what he does is he partners with experts in different areas that he does coaching on and they together do webinars to get clients into the coaching program. His partner does the coaching and they split the revenue. So he is doing five times, 10 times the amount of business he could ever do by himself by partnering with all these other people. Now he has a vehicle in place that actually allows them to drive people to this training and coaching university that he has. So he has, he has an actual framework for it. And then he partners with really smart people and everybody wins. The person who's doing the coaching is making a very fair amount of money. And the person who's behind it, who owns the university, quote unquote, university, uh, is, is getting a cut of it. So by collaborating, he's able to be in many more places. When I look at some of the things that I've done in my career, rarely has my huge success come by myself. Even looking at this podcast, there have been so many people who have collaborated with me to help me get there. I partner with Podfly Productions, who is actually the other sponsor of this show. I met them at Podcast Movement, which is, yes, it is a conference for people in podcasting. And when I was thinking of hosting this show seven years ago, I went to Podcast Movement. I think it was the second year they had ever done it. Maybe it was the first, but I think it was the second year they'd ever done it. And I thought, if I'm going to start this, maybe I need to get around people who are doing podcasts. And seven years ago, let's face it, not everyone who breathed air was hosting a podcast like today. Everybody, you know, your grandmother probably has her own podcast today. But back then, I didn't know. So I went, I made friends with a bunch of other people who were launching new podcasts. We all interviewed each other so that we could learn how to interview. It also helped us promote our our shows. And I met the people at Podfly Productions and I talked to them. And yes, we're collaborating. I do pay them. However, they do a great job. And I never could have launched this podcast and never would have led me to all the things that I'm doing if I hadn't found somebody to partner with. Now, sometimes You find those partners, sometimes they're a vendor who you hire, sometimes they're people who you just come together and you merge what you have going on, but collaboration is magical. I am actively looking for people who want to share ideas of how the two of us together can make us rise to hire boat, make our boats rise higher as we go through this. So I'm always open to the ideas of how can we do it. Now, Because I tell people I'm open to this idea, sometimes I get calls and sometimes they're dumb ideas. The person and I don't really match up or they're trying to take advantage of a situation. Awesome. At least they called. But but a lot of the time, the people come with an idea and together we co-market. Boom. 
all of a sudden I get more business or we help each other in different ways. We collaborate, we share concepts, we keep each other accountable. There are so many different ways that you can collaborate and get ahead. So look around your company. Are your employees collaborating with each other or are they all competitive and like hiding all of their best practices under a little bushel? If they're all trying to get ahead and there's no collaboration, you're losing money. And I know the people who listen to the show and you've been with me for 15 minutes on this episode. You don't listen to the show because you want to lose money. You don't go, oh yeah, I love it when my salespeople undermine each other. That makes my company seem awesome. That's not the way it works. It's when they collaborate, when people are trying to make people get better. I mentioned in the beginning that I work for this company, Stanton Chase. I am so impressed with how many of the partners and the other search consultants in the business, when they have a deal, they bring someone else in because the two together are so much more effective. I am watching some of the greatest people in that industry work together, collaborate to win deals where if they had gone and done it alone, they just would have been a lone ranger. But by bringing in a whole team, poof, the client realizes they're going to get so much more than they would by picking a competitor. So I'll tell you what, looking for ways to, to collaborate are super important. I talked about the National Speakers Association's podcast. When they came to me, we decided to do this different than the way they'd done stuff in the past. We collaborated. We decided we would work together to create a product that was going to be awesome. And I think that Speakernomics is probably now the best podcast for anyone who wants to get into the speaker business because there is so much great information. And it's not because of me. It's because I'm working with the team and the staff at the National Speakers Association to create something that is unique and awesome and exciting. So collaboration is so important. If you're listening to this show and you think, hey, Tom, we could probably collaborate together. Give me a call. I'm just going to give you my phone number, 512-970-0398. Now, don't just text me, hey, let's collaborate, because I won't know who you are. You're going to have to call. Maybe you're going to have to call twice. Uh, I will call you back, because that's what I try to do. But I'm going to tell you that I would love for the right person to come along where together we could have a much more successful lives than we would have before. But the only way that's going to work is I have to be willing to talk to a lot of people. And so do you. So look for ways to collaborate rather than looking for ways to compete or shut people out. That leads me to the third thing I wanted to talk about today, and that is transformation. I've been through several transformations in my career, but it, having had the honor to interview over a thousand entrepreneurs and business leaders over the last seven or eight years, both through the podcasts that I do and also through other things that I do for clients where I serve as like a professional interviewer for their uh, live on stage conference, or sometimes doing videos and audio leading up to an event, I've interviewed over a thousand people. And in doing that, one of the things I've learned is that human beings, we go through lots of transformations in our lives. And I love it when someone's company has really exploded. Something awesome has happened in their business. And I love to go back and ask them, how did that happen? What was it that happened? And guess what? So often it comes back to that issue of people. It's because I sat next to the right person on the plane. It's because I participated in my trade association and got to know some people and we worked together. We created a mastermind group or we did other things where we were able to rise it up together or we collaborated and two competitors came together and created something they never would have done alone and they were able to take it farther. Transformation is awesome. And I think as a leader, if you're a, if you're a C-level executive and you're listening to this podcast or even if you're just... You're just an up-and-coming worker who's on that career ladder. I think you want yourself and your coworkers, the people who you work with, I think you want people to have transformational experiences. 
But we get so busy. We get so crazy trying to get the work done, trying to get our billable hours done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we forget about transformation and we fall into a rut. Have you ever been in a rut? I've been in several ruts. And guess what? They suck compared to being in a transformational situation where great things are happening and your career is moving and all of a sudden contracts are coming in and new clients are coming in and you're writing new things and you're doing new things. That is way cooler than being stuck in a rut. So that leads me to the final point today, and that is uncommon connections. This is what I speak about when I come into companies. This is what I talk about when I'm at association conferences, because all opportunities in life come from people, but you can't connect with everybody. And so often today, people are so excited by how many social media followers they have. Who freaking cares? If you're not an actual celebrity, if you're not a Kardashian, I don't care how many people follow you on Twitter. It's absolutely ridiculous. I met this woman one time and she was like, oh, yes, I'm an influencer. And I looked her up and she had 5,000 followers. Well, maybe those 5,000 do whatever she suggests, but I wanted to barf in my mouth when she self-described herself as an influencer. And then when you looked her up on social media, she only had a measly following. Now, she did a great job. She created nice little videos. She had some companies who paid her to do some spokesperson stuff. Awesome. I'm sure, you know, if I hadn't met her where she was making me vomit in my throat by her self-description, I'm positive she's a really nice person. But here's the thing. I don't care how many followers you actually have. And so, you know, it's it's not a big deal to, to me when somebody says, oh, I have 10,000 people who follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I was talking to a person who markets speakers and he was trying to get me to pay him a lot of money for him to market me. The problem was I wasn't sold that he was going to do a good job. And so we had breakfast and I kicked the tires and I asked him about 100 questions. And one of the things he kept coming back to was in the previous three months from us having breakfast, he had added 3,000 people to his LinkedIn. And I kept thinking, who cares? But I realized that some people fall for that. They're like, oh my God, he has 10,000 people, 3,000 of them he just added in the last few months. Wow. But I went and looked at his LinkedIn and here's the thing. Nobody was engaging. He would post about his company or about something in the speaking industry and he'd get a like or no likes and certainly he had no comments. So here's the thing, having a huge following of people Those are just common connections. Somehow in the last 12 years, we've decided a like, a link, a share, and a follow is somehow some sort of magical thing that's out there happening. But I know people who have lots of followers who are starving. Their business isn't working. They are not doing anything. However, I am fortunate. I have probably about a dozen people who are in my life, who have my back, who refer stuff. I help them. They help me. We collaborate Uh, We've helped transform each other and we all participate in each other's worlds. Now, here's the thing. You can't have an unlimited number of uncommon connections or they would all be common. You can only have a handful. And most people I talk to have less than a dozen. How many people do you have who you're connected to on LinkedIn who in the last three days have called you and referred you some business? I got two this week. So that to me is a good number. But if you haven't had two people who you're connected to who've done that, then maybe you don't have that many uncommon connections. Instead of trying to get a lot of followers, because likes, links, shares, and follows, they're nice, but they're not going to transform your world if you're not a celebrity and people are hanging on your every word. 
So what you want to do is you want to cultivate just a handful of relationships. It's those people you can collaborate with where you're going to help each other transform. But you got to find people who have a win-win attitude. you got to find people who realize that my being invested in you is super important and equal to you being invested in me. Too often I see people at networking events and all they want to do is meet the people who can help them. When I teach people, I say, go into a networking event and look for one person you can help. And if you keep looking for one person you can help and then you execute on that, tons of people are going to come and help you. I'm about to go to a conference and the conference can be super clicky. It's a really friendly group of people, but a lot of people have been going to this conference for years because of the, the pandemic. There's been a couple of years off. People are really excited to see each other. And I'm about to go to this conference. And so one of the things I did is I reminded myself, how can I help other people? And I know it's so hard to be a first timer at an industry event. And so every night at the conference, except for one where I'm being a little clicky and going off with my three best friends in the industry, the other three nights I made reservations months ago at three restaurants in the hotel right there. So nobody has to go off property. There's no taxis. There's no long walks, but I had to plan this ahead three months, two months ago. I made reservations and what I'm doing is they're tables of six and every single night I'm inviting one good friend and four people I barely know who are first timers or maybe second or third timers, but they're not super well connected in the organization. And I've told everybody, look, you got to pay for your own dinner because I'm not rich and it's been a shithole year. So, you know, you got to pay for your own dinner, but I'm going to put together eclectic groups of people because I know that some of those people who are brand new would never have the opportunity to go to a dinner with some of the other people who I've invited because serendipity is magical when it comes to your career, if you can find the right people. And by me being the conduit who brings people together, I'm not saying everyone every night, 15 people over three nights is going to be like, oh, we're going to go out of our way to help Tom. Nope, that's not going to happen because that's not the way human beings operate. But I know from experience, and I don't know who, but somebody in that group is going to be like, wow, that was really awesome. And they're going to find a way that they're going to be able to collaborate or refer or somehow just bring joy to my world. Now, I did have to plan ahead for this because when you go to a conference, you've had this happen. You're standing around. It's like seven o'clock at night. The cocktail party has ended and people are like, hey, why don't we all go to dinner? Great. All the restaurants are full. There's like a two hour wait. You end up having, you know, to go to a fast food place or you end up like standing in the bar eating, you know, bar food. So I knew from experience that in order to make this work and to make it close and simple and easy, I had to plan ahead. So this is an awesome tip when you go to your next conference, because let's face it, whatever industry you're in, your industry is about to open up and have their first event after the pandemic. Find out what is the free night where everybody's got to figure out their own dinner plans and make a reservation two months in advance for six or eight people. Don't make it too big because too big of a table, it just gets hectic. Six people is awesome and pull it together because guess what? When you're the person who does that, there's always someone there who is going to be touched to the point that they're going to want to pay it forward and it's going to pay its way back to you. All right. So I don't do a lot of these solo episodes. Several people had asked me to do more of them. So I just sat down today. I, I just decided, you know what? I'm in the mood. I'm just going to do it and I'm just going to talk. So if you liked this episode, reach out to me. It's Tom, T-H-O-M at TomSinger.com or I'm on all the social medias at Tom, T-H-O-M, Singer. And let me know what you thought of this episode. If you thought I talked too fast, if this was too much, if I annoyed the crap out of you, you can tell me that as well. But if you liked the episode, and if you have ideas for me of what you'd like else to hear me talk about, tell me. 
I always find it interesting when I say this, and I don't say it at every single episode, but when I say, hey, send me an email, there's always one or two people who will. So if you're thinking, oh yeah, I'll email you, follow through and do it. That's awesome. And I really want you to be thinking clearly as you go forward and you finish out this month of July and August, as we go into the fall where things are going to open up and be super busy, how can you participate? How can you collaborate? How can you transform yourself and others? And how can you establish and cultivate more uncommon connections? Because those are the human connections that matter, and you can't have 10,000 of them. You can only have you know, maybe 20 at the most. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. But I don't think you can have hundreds. I think you can have a few. Anyway, thank you very much for being part of this show. As I said, this show was brought to you by Podfly Productions. If you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, go to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show and be back in a couple of days because we're going to have a great interview with somebody who is making waves in their business. But in the meantime, go out there and make sure that you're flexing your entrepreneurial muscles and have some fun while you're out there doing it. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.